0: What are you eating, Peter? Doritos? Chorizo and red pepper tortillas. Oh, man. Those
1: look I, I need those in my life.
0: They look delicious. Yay. Okay. ride
2: right around the world and whenever our schedules allow, <laughs> hail and welcome to Circle Talk. This is a podcast for seekers, initiates, and the curious by four Alexandrian witches with endless different opinions. We are your hosts.
1: Hi, I'm James, a High Priest and Coven Leader from just outside New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: Hi, I'm a High Priestess and Coven Leader from the New England area of the US.
3: Hi, I'm Peter, a High Priest and Coven Leader from South Wales.
0: And I'm Josie, a High Priestess and Coven
2: Leader outside of Melbourne, Australia. And we are a podcast where we talk about Alexandrian witchcraft and explore differing opinions on how the Alexandrian tradition is practiced in various covens around the globe. Listeners are reminded that while we're all initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, we only speak for ourselves and not for the tradition as a whole, which is an impossible thing to do. So this is episode 16. You might want to take a moment to pause this and then go back to listen to our introductory episodes. Episode 0, introductions, and episode 1, definitions, or check them out after you enjoy this one. This is our Sabbath special, and today we're going to be talking about our personal practices around this time of year and touch upon what it is that we do and that our covens do for Lunasa or Lamas and for Imbok here in the Southern Hemisphere.
3: As a Lamas teacher, I'm going to talk about what I know. So let's start off with etymology <laughs> and where the terms Lunasa and Imbok come from. So Lunasa um, comes from uh, two words, Lu. Or uh, well, it refers to the the god Lu or Se in Wales, just to get that kind of Welsh connection in there. A nasad, which means a gathering or an assembly, which gives us a gathering for the celebration of Lu. Um, the name Imbog is a little bit contested amongst um, a lot of etymologists, but it could mean something like in the belly, or referring to ewes' milk or lambs' milk. Um, but really, it it, it um. It refers to the birthing of lambs and birth and renewal in general. Our house Gaelic speaker, James, might be able to touch upon maybe what the meaning of Imbolc means more uh, to, to him. No? No. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you about Lunasa. In modern Gelga, Lunasa just means August, so that you can see how that has changed over time. Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting. Thank you. Josie, back to you.
2: Well, I was going to ask actually, um, I know you're on holidays, so I'm asking you to work on your holidays. Ugh. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Could <laughs> we have a very brief tutorial in how to pronounce the consonant sound at the start of?
3: You did it so well. You did it so I well. So a, a double L in Welsh is a sound. Now, yeah. The easiest way to pronounce this, and I'm just trying to think about it, is to put the, uh, to put your tongue on top of your roof behind your teeth and then kind of like blow out. So you've got a, a, a llay sound. Yeah, which which is basically llay is the Welsh counterpart of loo. They kind of both mean light in a sense. Yeah, we also call it gwyl oust in, in Welsh, which is the holiday of August, August being the 1st of August. So yeah, Gwil Lle, Lunasa, Lammas. <laughs> you know, we'll use any of those. It's fine.
2: Thank you. And I'm sorry to <laughs> ask you to explain your language to us. It's Love fine.
0: It. Here's where a video would be really nice because then everybody could see the Well, I think mostly me and Josie um, tra- like making the face yeah. of trying to pronounce this with our tongue at the roof of our mouth. Like, We're sat
2: here like, <laughs> Blech. Blech. I hope my microphone picks up all the yeah. spitty sounds. That's great.
3: I, I suppose it's really similar to like when you learn Spanish and, and you're learning to roll your R's. Like I remember when I was learning Welsh and literally one day the R, because we, we've got a, an R and an RH as a single sound. Um it just kind of clicked. Um but yeah, like practice makes perfect, guys. I think
1: that's also one of the differences between Goga and Welsh. We're more of a back in the throat, hocking something up sound. So it's not in bulk; it's in bulk. And oh, it's... We, we, ha- we have that as well. <laughs> and it's not, and so like the word for owl is ochvon, but it, th- I didn't say it right, it's ochvon. So you're hocking something up. Right,
3: like, like a cat with a hairball.
2: <laughs> now we're doing even worse faces. We'll practice, ready for the next Sabbath special. <laughs> so with all of that said today we're going to talk about what these sabbats mean astronomically energetically and culturally and what each of us might do to celebrate these times so high five jump on the broom let's go this sabbat whether you're in the southern or the northern hemisphere is a cross quarter day gee would you like to explain what that means
0: yeah, so as we've said before, cross quarter days fall midway between the solstice and the equinox, right? They're literally that's why they're called cross quarters because they quarter the year, and um, those include, as we've said, Imbolc, Beltane, Lughnasad, and Samhain, and these are, tend to be our more important days. We can celebrate them on, like, what's become the, I guess, like the cultural date. Like October 31st or November 1st for Samhain, May 1st or April 31st for Beltane, and so on. And for for Lamas, that would be August 1st. Um, but the actual cross quarter for Eastern Standard Time is something like 8 36 a.m. on August 7th, is like the actual midpoint between when uh, summer solstice was and when autumn equinox will be astronomically speaking thank you
2: so in the southern hemisphere um particularly in my part of australia you're looking at august the 7th um, as well at around 10 o'clock at night um not many people um well no not many people that i know of um do the whole astronomical time um but yeah that would be the the time that you would do it if you're doing it that way
0: Sometimes we like the astronomical time just because the actual day, like in August in the Northern hemisphere, everybody's on vacation. So that gives us a solid week to plan celebrating the Sabbath and still be like on track or like at Samhain, people are taking their kids trick-or-treating. So if we do Sabbath, like November 7th, like the next weekend, or if people want to go to like public rituals or something, the big weekend, and then we can do like our private Sabbath so it kind of gives us a little bit of a pass for being late, is my thinking about <laughs> the astronomical dates.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I think, um, like, for us, it's the one that we always, that, that especially when you're first starting out, that kind of gets overlooked because for us it doesn't tie in with any secular holiday. And there's no, when nobody's on break at this time, it's, like, business as usual and coming out of winter so it's it's the easiest one to overlook especially if you're new to the practice so what are we talking about when we're talking about lammas or culturally peter
3: so so culturally for me this is one of the first harvests it's about collecting that first that first grain it's about the sacrifices that we make and one of the ways that we represent that is by doing um or, or or having a motif of a sacrificial king I know we've spoken about this um, in our past episodes as well. Uh, but one of the things that we will use quite often as a as a coven is the, the symbolism of John Barleycorn and John Barleycorn being um, one of the first sacrifices for us, for, for, for a harvest to keep us going through the, for the winter months. Um, you know, but it's also about personal sacrifice. What are we going to give up as well, which isn't necessarily of benefit to us? Maybe there's a vice that we can give up. Maybe that there's there's something that we need to to cut away from our from our personal lives in order to better sustain ourselves through the darker months. Um, you know, it's it's all about, it's all about re- refining ourselves as well, cutting that away which we do not need, which is not going to serve us throughout um throughout the winter periods. But yeah, but for us as a covenant it's all about that first sacrifice, that first harvest. In in my head, I've got like wicker man. But that's that's the wrong Sabbath.
2: Have a wikiman whenever you want, I feel yes you could you could have a whole wheel worth of Wikiman. I'm sure you could you could justify it. It's a living tradition anyway. do what you like. Um, yeah <laughs> when uh, we're talking about Imbolc, so this is a holiday that is named after, but it's not necessarily a reconstruction of uh, ancient Irish Celtic festivals which which we know was a fire festival and we know it was related to bridget so either the goddess bridget or the saint bridget or many different bridgets um more and more it's looking like there were different very localized deities all called bridget or a um, variation of that um you're not looking at like a homogenous Generalized kind of thing until much, much later on. Um, so, for that reason, a lot of modern pagan celebrations have things like um, Bridget's crosses, um, fire, candles also play a big thing because they're um, the, the holidays kind of related to Candlemas, uh, which is a Christian holiday that um, takes place around the same time. Um, this also influenced a lot of the early Wiccan stuff. Um, in fact, in the holiday was often called cannabis and it's still often called that by some people Um, for that reason. So this was a time when the church would clean out the altars and replace all the candles and do all of that. And there was a ritual blessing of the candles. Similarly, a lot of pagan practitioners use this time of year to swap out candles, clean ritual tools, just give everything a bit of a zhuzh before the warmer months come and you start picking up and doing more ritual again. Bring out the brasso. Bring out the brasso. Get it It open,
3: guys. Bring out that Brasso.
2: Bring out the Brasso, round up your first degree, make a party of it.
1: My question is why you put it away to begin with. The Brasso (laughs) stays out. It goes on the altar.
0: A place of honour. You've got it right next to the anointing oil. You've got to be very careful. All the flammables in one place.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We should build it into the initiation ritual. (laughs) somehow (laughs) as like a sacred tool I
0: like that idea what have you got
3: guys you have got brasso (laughs) (laughs)
0: this
2: will be the bread and brasso episode it is decided so what do we each do for the holiday Um, I'm going to start here because often in these Sabbath specials all of you northern hemisphere people like I do all these cool things and it takes about 20 minutes and then there's me and I'm like, well, I don't live there and I do something a bit different. Mm. So I'm going to start this time and then you guys can be different. <laughs> so invoke is very much that return of the light or even just return of the first little itty-bitty spark of light. And it's finally, it's a, it's a nice line to rule where you step up out of the kind of darker, sludgier colder time of year and you start stepping up into the more active brighter time of year and you celebrate that return of the summer the return of the first lights. so <laughs> this year I'm finishing my second book on Imbolc like I'm going to be sending it off and that's going to be ruling a line under that so my inbox is going to be a celebration of that personally <laughs> um, something I won't have to think about again for a little while which will be lovely I'm at that point in the editing process where I just don't want to know anything about it I have friends as well who are all starting new jobs and and moving house and doing lots of interesting things right at this time which is really cool so a lot of the work ritual work that we do will be around these new beginnings and stepping up out of the old and into the new so they're probably the main things that I'd be doing what do you weird northern hemisphere people do hmm
1: so for the coven, as I've discussed, we're we're staying boss this year. Beyond that, though, I know it's first harvest, so we kind of tie that into what we do as a family. So every year, my kids go to my parents for the summer, and they come back home around NASA. So it's in the personal family. It's kind of like, hey, that celebration of the kids coming back home, but it being first harvest and the celebration of Grain and things like that, we break bake bread, Um, specifically braided loaf bread. We make a big mess of it. We get flour everywhere. The kids can make funny shapes and we make a day of it, you know, proofing for hours and punching the dough down and over and over and over. And then the first like cut, we mock murder the bread before we dig in and enjoy it at dinner.
3: I mean, I've already kind of spoken about what I do, like a lot of our practices for the Coven will revolve around the idea of that first uh, sacrifice of uh, John Barleycorn. You know, it's, it's a time, it's kind of a time where for us in Wales, we're still kind of in summer period, but we're also thinking about sacrifice, death, the coming months, um, all of these motifs kind of feature prominently in our rituals. And yeah, we, we are quite, I, I say we as a, as a whole coven. Um, there's myself and one of the hypostases where we're quite big into our ritual drama. Um, we might reenact some sort of, of sacrifice with John Barleycorn as well. You know, that, that can be quite interesting when you have a really sharp sickle or scythe coming at you and I'm like, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. But yeah, lot, lots of like reenactment, lots of, of sacrifice motifs as well
2: i um, love ritual drama can i just just put that out there god i love ritual drama. yeah
3: yeah i mean it's why i why i became wiccan for the ritual drama <laughs> <laughs> and the wine <laughs> like, and the brasil dab yeah, me <laughs> <Do it. laughs>
0: but no ritual drama is where it's at right this is why we do this because because we like to. i mean this may be part of the alexandrian thing too right it's like We like all the jewelry. We like to like all the incense, just like everything that next level, like everything extra. We're very extra.
3: Look, if if Gardner could cosplay at the very beginning, we can cosplay (laughs) as well. Come on.
0: (laughs) That's right. For those who are not in the know, we are referencing our previous episode, episode 15, where Jack Chanik makes a comment about about Gardner cosplaying, which is true. For us, same thing. I don't bake. I feel like maybe I've said that in this podcast before, but I can't bake. Um, So other people bake, which is nice. Certainly we celebrate the grain harvest. Corn harvest is big. This is like, I grew up in New Jersey. New Jersey corn is like the best corn. There's not a lot about New Jersey that's fantastic, but the corn that we grow is one of those things. And that comes around August. So it's like, it was always very exciting for me. So definitely honoring the harvest of those things that are just starting to come in beer, big deal. Like this is where I put beer in the chalice. Um, And we also used to circle with uh, a group that did like what my high priestess would call big splashy sabbats, like really large public rituals for the sabbats. And they would do llamas games. So they would have like archery competitions, three-legged races, potato sack races, relays um, as a sort of like nod to Luke Nassad and like the idea of playing games in honor of the god <laughs> Lou. Lou. Um, and that was always really fun because it's like a perfect way to do August is to like be outside grilling watching people fall on their faces and like giving out medals for like fake competitions you know
2: I love that that's awesome that really points to me the difference in like population between you guys and over here like it would take ages to round up that many pagans here in Australia <laughs> to come and yeah. do that.
0: Well, very cool. Is that true, though? I mean, how is your like? Because this is a very open, like your generic pagan population. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's not just the Wiccans. It's like whoever's doing some vague impression of like neo-paganism, neo-Wicca, whatever.
2: Yeah, there's like there's quite a lot. Uh, I guess for us, but even at our big biggest public gatherings are usually under 100 unless you really really advertise them very heavily
0: yeah i also feel Mm -hmm. like august is more friendly here in the northeast than it probably is for you in terms of having outdoor events
2: yeah it's cold and sludgy here
0: yeah oh i guess i mean i guess i mean llamas right like in february is it like (laughs) is it like brutal for you it's
2: so hot Yes. Um. yeah, it's baking hot in February. So, yeah, I don't want to do a potato sack race in February. Maybe we could do, like, bags of, I don't know, ice or something. Anyway, getting yes. off topic, back we go. Um, What about suggestions for beginners and seekers? I was thinking before about lammas and bread. And one thing I think about more and more, um, especially with the last kind of few years of tumultuous times we've had is this idea of bread and the the fact that, yeah, bread's a staple, but it's also very much a sign of um, civilization for us. If, you know, if the power went out and everything kind of went to shit and we went to, like, mob rule, like, not many people would be baking bread. Bread would become a thing of the past. It's a, in a lot of ways, buying fresh bread and having fresh bread is a pretty big privilege, I guess. That's-
0: that's the first thing everybody did when covid hit right like everybody started baking bread that was like you couldn't find yeast everybody was making a sourdough starter like flour wasn't in the market it was amazing
2: yeah just bizarre but it's not it's such a perishable thing i don't know it's just something that really got me
1: thinking about civilization
2: what do you guys do what else do you suggest
1: find the shade it is very hot this time of year where we are and I know in some of the previous episodes we're like hey go outside and soak up the sun and be outside no no go find the shade have some iced tea or whatever your cold beverage of choice is and bake bread and reflect while you do it
0: yeah I would um I would agree with that we've also talked before and I think referenced some other people who've like advised if you're trying to get used to the idea of practicing skyclad right if you're trying to like build comfort with your own body a hot weather ritual is the time to try doing ritual sky because it is not a time for you to want to be enclosed so do your do your august ritual you know really enjoy that sweltering llamas heat you could also have your friends over and like drink beer and play um cornhole or like horseshoes or is that a face that's saying, like, what's cornhole? What the fuck is cornhole? I know. I hate the name cornhole. That's a up, horrible
2: name. It's a horrible
0: I know. I agree. Uh, you set up two boards that have holes in them, and you throw beanbags and try to get them in the holes, like on opposite sides. Okay.
1: Or on the board. Cornhole. There's rules. We'll find a video and send it to you.
0: Yeah. Or, like, bocce ball. But, like, have outdoor, like, easy sports while y'all drink. I think that is a very perfect... Lamas celebration, and if you want to have like a small ceremony right before you play games and crack the first beer, that's like and pour one out for like Apollo or for Lou would be perfect
2: for sure. Um, going back to the whole idea of getting used to sky cloud in summertime, great idea. You could also do a ritual and then go for a nudie swim. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Uh, if you're in the southern hemisphere and you're doing Imbolc, um, this is a good time too clean out the altar, check your supplies, do all those things, crack out the so, make a day of it. You're likely going to be more inspired as the weather heats up again and you'll start doing stuff again. And it's nice to be organised and have things ready and don't do what I do all the time and be like, where's the matches? Where's the candles? Why don't I have any charcoal blocks? Etc. Um, if I was good and followed my own advice, I would be all organized and have my ritual gear ready to go because I cleaned up an inbox. So that just about brings us to the end of this episode. Today, we've talked about a bit of background information um, on these Sabbaths. We've talked about what we each do for the Sabbaths and we gave a few suggestions for beginners and seekers. So as a closing thought, we're coming to the end of these Sabbath specials. We've done one for each Sabbath for a year. We'd really like to know what you'd like us to do next for these Sabbaths. We're not doing any more Sabbath specials after these because even once we passed six months, we felt we were kind of repeating ourselves. So yeah, if you have any suggestions, please, please email us, message us, whatever. Otherwise, we're probably going to resort to
0: getting drunk and throwing shade at the gardenarians. Kidding, kidding gardenarians, (laughs) love you. I was thinking we could like come up with signature cocktails for the Sabbaths. But even that, I feel like we could only do for half the wheel of the year. And then, yeah. we, another plan. And then we would need a mocktail, too.
3: I was going to say, maybe we could do what um, Jason Mank used to do on his podcast, where he'd say, tonight, I'm drinking single malt scotch, which has mm-hmm. been aged in a barrel for 15 years. I used to love that a bit. I was like, ooh, nice. <laughs> sounds like my kind of man.
0: <laughs> There's a, a great podcast. This is absolutely off topic, but um, called This Podcast Will Kill You, where they talk about diseases and they at the beginning of every episode they've created a cocktail like that is based on whatever disease they're talking about and then they also have a placebo rita which is like the mocktail version of their cocktail i get a kick out of it
2: that's a nice idea the thing is though one of us will always be recording this in our morning time so someone will be will be day drinking
0: that's usually Um, me and james and i personally don't care
2: well, all right then. I'm fine. So it's agreed. We're getting <laughs> drunk. <laughs> anyway. I just go for it. <laughs> as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Circle Talk for Witches. That's four as in the number. We're Twitter as Circle for Witches. Or you can email us at circletalkforwitches at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, queries, thoughts or ideas for future discussions, especially Sabbath episodes, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. So from all of us at Circle Talk, merry meet, merry part and merry meet again.